we see drug cartels, sex trafficking, terrorists. The southern border is changing America and not for the better. And then you see Steve Bannon found guilty of contempt for defying the January 6th committee subpoena. Now, will the Hunter Biden investigation incriminate President Biden or get swept under the rug again? Now, Senator Ron Johnson is here and will give us the answer to that question in all the top stories. And then World Health Organization in a breaking news story declares monkeypox a global health emergency. Is this another power grab? And surely you've heard the terms mass formation, group hypnosis, or mass psychosis? Well, Dr. Peter Bregan, he'll be here on those stories as we take a look in a post-COVID world and what just happened. It's all next, friends, on Viewpoint this Sunday. the bias, the lies and deceit, and bring forth real talk from real people about real news, providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the weekend news magazine, Viewpoint This Sunday. This is Malcolm Allout here. Well, there's a whole lot of news, including the border and trafficking and all kinds of problems at the southern border. Shortly, you see the January 6th committee update. You see that report, too, on Steve Bannon uh, found guilty of contempt. Uh, This is uh, quite uh, something here. Hunter Biden investigation continues on. Inflation, of course, is sky high. You know, it seems like we get on here. There's never a series of good news, obviously. Uh, And uh, we'll also talk about the uh, societal shift of these uh, many of these destabilizing events we've been talking about on the network. And we'll start that off with uh, Senator Ron Johnson uh, joins us here. Uh, Senator Johnson served as the chairman of the Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee from 2015 to 2021. He's now the ranking member for the Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations. That's interesting, especially after this next election. That ought to be quite an interesting spot to be in. Uh, And of course, Senator Johnson is in the heat of uh, a re-election campaign in the midterms in 2022. Uh, So got a lot to talk about here. Welcome to the program, Senator Ron Johnson. Hello, Malcolm. I hope you're doing well. Doing great. And uh, let's start with you just got back, I think, uh, just uh, days past here with the southern border. You were down there yourself, right? Yeah, I went down with uh, six of my Republican Senate colleagues, a delegation led by Senator Cruz and Cornyn. And, uh, you know, Malcolm, I, I've been down the border many, many times as chairman of Homeland Security. Uh, but you always learn and see something new. You know, the numbers don't adequately describe the disaster, but but the numbers are awful. Uh, since Biden took office, 3.7 million people have been encountered. They don't even call it apprehensions anymore. They've gotten so efficient at processing and dispersing. But 3.7 million people have been encountered coming to this country illegally. That's uh, on average about more than 6,000 people per day since he took office. Over the last four months, it's been well over 7,000 people per day. I mean, think about that. We, we have a couple thousand Border Patrol agents on the border. They're having to deal with 7,000 people per day, every day, day in, day out. It's overwhelmed them. Of course, it opens up the lanes then for, uh, you know, other human trafficking, the drug trafficking, you know, the, the flood of deadly drugs coming to this country, record overdoses. But again, that, that, that doesn't really describe the, the real 
problem of human depredations. You know, we just witnessed one of the largest mass murders in America mm-hmm. on the southern border. It didn't involve a gun. It involved a tractor trailer. And it was it happened because of J- Joe Biden's open border policy, which is facilitating the multi-billion dollar business model of some of the most evil people on the planet. Let me, let me describe the evil. We, we got down there about uh, midnight on the border. And immediately we saw a little, a little group, not a big one, a small one with little children. In that group, there's a little six-year-old and seven-year-old girl. They were unaccompanied. So the human traffickers had put them together with this group. Now, fortunately, this group did not abuse them. But these little girls, all they had was a little baggie with their birth certificate and a note card with a phone number and an address on it. That's it. Had they lost that, they would be lost. There'd be no connection who they belong to. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we were down there and there was a Fox News reporter saying that in that same spot, I don't know how many days earlier, similarly aged little girls, you know, six and seven year olds were being treated by CBP because they'd just been brutally raped mm. wow. by the human traffickers. We, mm-hmm. we, we heard about, I'd never heard this before, but something they call, I heard three names for it, either the rape tree, the panty tree, or the taunting tree. What, what the human traff- traffickers will do is once they've sexually assaulted their victim, they'll take their undergarment, put it in a tree to taunt Customs and Border Patrol, basically saying there's nothing you can do. We can do anything we want to with impunity. Mm. So you you talk about the 53 lives lost Mm. that tractor trail. Three of those were children. You consider, you know, how do you think the young women pay off their human trafficking fee of six, seven, eight thousand dollars $8,000? Well, many of them are put in, in the sex trade. Uh, again, the, the overdoses, I mean, th- this is the human depredations caused by Joe Biden's open border policy, policy which they just deny. You know, Secretary Marcus won't even admit it's a problem. He says, well, yeah, the border's a challenge. But he said, we've got it under control. They don't have it under control. This, this is absurd. And, you know, what? so what this is doing to those victims of human trafficking, but what it's doing to our country, you know, 3.7 million people. Again, some of those are being sent back under Title 42, but still millions are coming in this country undocumented, into the shadows. Those are the people who can be abused by unscrupulous employers. It's completely out of control, and the administration's in completer, complete and utter denial, as is most of the mainstream mm. media, who are yeah. covering up. They're not, they're not covering this. Yeah, no, they're not. Yeah, and you know, I've talked to you about the border many times over the years, but I've never heard as much anger in your voice as I hear right now. And the wounds are very fresh, obviously, from being there. And I I can feel your passion, and I I totally get it. I mean, what you're described right there is pure evil, disgusting beyond any uh, comprehension, just pure, pure evil, uh, and it's devastating. You know, you're talking about the human, um, you know, the human part of this, the, the condition of this. And so you ask the media, where is the media in any of this? I mean, any reasonable person would call out whoever's doing this because you talk about human rights. I mean, this is exactly against anything that is humane to be able to even encourage this on any level. But yet they continue to look the other way. They just are willing to go down in a flaming ship with these people. I'm talking about the United States media. Is that not the way it is? Absolutely. Let's face it. When the radical left took over our university systems in the 60s, they controlled college of education, journalism, and law. So, so they're cranking out lawyers to become activist judges. Okay. You know, teachers that are indoctrinating our children with things like CRT and the 1619 Project. 
And we don't have journalists anymore. We have advocates. You know, they don't interview me. They argue with me. They are fellow travelers with these radical leftists because they are radical leftists. And so these are the policies they want to impose on America. You know, I, I always frequently talk about how Obama and, and uh, Biden both said as candidates that we're going to fundamentally transform America. Right. Well, Malcolm, now we're seeing what that looks like. Open borders, 40-year high inflation, record gasoline prices, rising crime. Yeah. You know, we, we, this is America in the year 2022. We don't have enough infant formula to feed our babies yeah. in America because of radical left policies. And the media is part and parcel. They are complicit. They are corrupt. And so they're covering up for this. They, yeah. they, they won't cover the disastrous results of the policies that they support that they helped elect the guy to implement. Yeah, I want to ask you, uh, when you when the border ever comes up like this and you talk about the numbers, which you've already described of those coming over the border, uh, typically people right away segue to the fact, oh, they're just looking for votes. They're just looking for votes. And that normally is what I hear from people. Now, so what, what I'm wondering from you is uh, I can't imagine or maybe we can, just about anything, I guess. Is is this really, is this motivation just votes? I mean, in your heart of hearts, is that really the case, do you think? Or what else is uh, uh, running amok here that would encourage them to do the kinds of things you've described, which benefits nobody? It doesn't benefit the people that are getting here. It doesn't benefit our country. It benefits nobody. So I, I don't understand who this policy is benefiting. And, and what's the real motivation here? Do you think, honestly, is it just votes? Is it that simple? Or is there something more to this? Yeah, you know, Malcolm, they say that this is a more humane approach. <laughs> but, but again, you know, just a back, back of the envelope calculation of the people encountered shows that this is about an $18.3 billion a year business for the human traffickers. That doesn't even count the known and unknown Godaways. So this is some, we are massively putting, you know, that amount of money is going flowing into some of the most evil people on the planet. And I just described the inhumanity. So there's nothing humane about this. Mm -hmm. So what do you have left? I mean, I, I have no other explanation for it. I mean, you know, you've got some of their leaders that have talked about, you know, changing, you know, that this is important to their electorate, you know, to change the, the demographics uh, to right. benefit them. Electorate. I mean, again, that's not out of my, that's, I didn't say that. This is what they have said themselves. Mm -hmm. So, I have no other explanation because it makes no sense. You you do not have a sovereign nation if you don't have secure borders. You just don't. And over 150 nations are represented in the people that we've apprehended. Right. Over 50 over 50 people that are on the terror watch list. Yeah. Again, those are the people we apprehend. You open up such enormous lanes for people to get exactly. away. So who knows? Well, that's the last point of this, actually. Um, it's the destruction of our nation, and everybody can feel it and sense what we're talking about. But, you know, the, the, that last piece of what you just said is something I talk to terrorism experts all the time and, and people that are very concerned with this. We haven't encountered a, a real problem here in our country, obviously, since 9-11 to that magnitude. Uh, I would imagine somewhere ahead, we're going to be having a different kind of conversation. You can almost feel that happening, like somebody breathing on the back of your neck uh, because of this wide open policy and all of these nefarious people coming in here, as you say, from all kinds of countries. So we're we're only it's only isn't it only or really is this the right way to say it? Is it only a matter of time, do you think? Before we're going to have a whole different narrative in this country, something else is going to have to take place. And I'm sure these bad cats are totally taking advantage of this right now. Is there any doubt in your mind? 
No, when, when you take a look at uh, murders in our inner cities, you know, our inner cities generally governed by Democrats for decades, the sanctuary cities. I know that the MS-13 gang members coming in, you know, f- through the border too. I mean, this, it, it will eventually spill out yeah. into the broader society and then people start noticing this. Uh, you know, I, I would argue that's kind of what happened in the Waukesha Christmas Parade. This was, this was an in- individual from Milwaukee and let out on bail and slaughtered six people, uh, injured 60 more in the Waukesha Christmas Parade because of low bail, no bail policies. Uh, but, you know, you combine the Democrats' approach to our criminal justice system, which is basically don't prosecute criminals. Um, so you're going to get more crime. You combine that with open borders. And let's face it, the, the, a lot of those people are, you know, would be fine as legal immigrants, but some of them are pretty unsavory and dangerous individuals. And it's just a matter of time. And, you know, listen, we, we've, we have plenty of examples of illegal immigrants murdering people, doing horrific things. Right. The mainstream media just doesn't focus on it too much. No, no, they never do. You know, you mentioned crime right there. It brings me to an interesting point because, uh, you know, they had over the past many years, uh, really, this whole defund the police movement all over the country. It was actually a uh, movement and motivation in the Democrat Party. They were all embracing it uh, to, to some various degrees, of course. Uh, but um, we see the results of that in crime and the escalation of the cities. People are moving out of the cities. They don't want any part of it. In fact, they're leaving a lot of those states in New York and California and Illinois and all of these kinds of states uh, for these various reasons. I wonder, all of a sudden, I've seen this past week, uh, Senator, where uh, he's got uh, fund the police. They cut the D fund, the D uh, crossed off or something, one of the networks or whatever it was, I don't know. And it was uh, fund the police and that Biden was taking a different approach. So crime had gotten so bad that I guess they're aware of that as a real election issue. If that's taking place in the crime sector, why hasn't that happened in the immigration sector, I wonder? In other words, there seems to be a reversal of policy with crime but not with immigration. Do you see that as well? Well, to a certain extent, it is because the media is very effective at covering this thing up. Uh-huh. But, you know, asking Democrats to solve the problems they created, I mean, that's like asking the arsonists <laughs> to put out the fire. Right. And, and let's face it, the radical left, they are arsonists in America. They, they, they are, again, their fundamental transformation in America is fundamentally destroying this country. And it's doing it, I, I fear, at a rapid pace. I mean, I... I I would not have predicted uh, we would have this high of inflation. Five dollar a gallon, you yeah. know, national average gas has come down a little bit. I realize that, but yeah. I, I would not have predicted it would be this bad. In, in Milwaukee, murders murders are up twenty five percent, and last year was a record. Mm-hmm. And that's you know that's there's record homicides in a number of big Democrat controlled cities. So it, it when the media doesn't cover it, right. it still is somewhat under the radar. But, you know, one thing about inflation and gasoline prices, the the media can't cover that up. Exactly. Now, and that's a point now, right now. I was just going to challenge you back and say, well, do you really think the media can cover this magnitude of a mess up because it's so catastrophic? And so you just hit it. It's some of the stuff you really can't hide anymore. But, you know, in a weird sort of way, I, in fact, I told listeners this past week, it doesn't sound nice. I will give you that. But it probably is a good thing we're taking on this pain factor right now in a severe way. What I'm suggesting to you is that we need to wake the country up. And if we can wake uh, moderates and independents and just left of center up, people who love the country, that understand the traditional values of America, 
I mean, you can still be a Democrat and love the country. It doesn't make you evil necessarily. Uh, it just depends if you fall into the extreme left, crazy Marxists of that party. But you, you know what I'm saying? No, I know exactly what you're saying. I, you know, I, I often ask the question, I mean, do you even like, much less love something you want to fundamentally transform? Right, right. No, no, you don't. Okay, but then then the me media, when I say that, attack me saying, I, I'm saying Democrats don't love this country. No, it's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying their leaders don't. Mm -hmm. They don't. And the rest but of them are being brainwashed I, by the media, as you say. So Right. But 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 I do believe most most Americans, whether you're Democrat, Independent, Republican, they do love this country. So here's the hope out of all this destruction: okay. Okay. is you, you got 75, 80 percent of Americans that believe we're on the wrong path. So so my message in Wisconsin is: if you love this country, I think most people do. Mm -hmm. If you're concerned about its future, and I think most people are, join us. Amen. You know, help help us accomplish what Joe Biden said was his goal, and he's done the exact opposite: unify and heal this country. Amen. This, he needs to be unified yeah. and healed. Yeah. You know, Lincoln said, a house divided cannot stand. It can't. Mm -hmm. A divided America is a weak America. And our adversaries notice it, and they are tempted, and they take yeah. advantage of it. I truly believe the reason Putin invaded Ukraine and they're committing all those war crimes and atrocities is because he saw a weak America, and he took sure. that opportunity to act. It's a, tra it's a travesty. Uh, so I think it's really a contest between those of us that really do recognize what what a wonderful thing we have here in America and we're doing everything to preserve it versus those that, again, mm -hmm. for whatever reason, their minds have just been poisoned and they're, they're just not perceiving reality. Yeah. Uh, and that more and more people are waking up to this truth. That's the real message there. we got to get them to wake up to this truth that you, you say right there. Uh, speaking about truth, where's is there any truth coming out of the January 6th committee update? There's certainly no real new information. There may be some, you know, little details, but uh, it's a highly partisan uh, yeah. committee. Uh, it's it's unfortunate that it's not really investigating. You know, where was the security? You know, what, what did Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer know? Why, why didn't they respond to the threats that were pretty well known? Right, right. Uh, the breach never should have happened. January 6th never should have happened. Mm -hmm. Those are the people that ought to be held accountable as well. Listen, yeah. I, I condemn the violence. Those people, you know, people committed acts of violence right, need to be held right. accountable. But, but, but now, it, now we're seeing this two-tier system of justice. The motivation of this is really just to damage Trump. Is there any other motivation of this? Or that's all I see. Is there something else? Or is that it? No, I mean, this, this thing has been 100% partisan from the start. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that they came up with this term immediately, thousands of armed insurrectionists, when there obviously weren't thousands of armed insurrectionists. Yeah, yeah. But, 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 you know, again, it's... it's Almost like they, they were already thinking about that term beforehand. They came up yeah. with it so quickly. Yeah. It was yeah. such a incorrect, it was such a false term, such Everything a false term. Yeah. Yeah. But, but they loved it. And, and you know, so they, because they wanted to paint everybody that supported Trump as a potential. Well, but they didn't have any arms. They didn't have any ammunition. They didn't have any weapons. Uh, what they wanted to do was redress their grievances. Yeah. They, they were the, the people that protested on January 6th. Because I, you know, I know, I know the people from Trump rallies. Okay, they love this country. They're God fearing. They are law supporting. Amen. The yeah. vast majority would never even think of breaking a law. Yeah. But th th they were, they had been watching how Hillary Clinton, you know, paid for the Steele dossier. How corrupt the investigation was mm -hmm. from the FBI to the Russian hoax. Yeah. They saw people undermine President Trump from within. They they saw the Democrat Party not accept. His election is a legitimate result. They had enough. They had enough. 
they had enough. Okay, yeah. they yeah. saw that there were irregularities. I know, I know. In the twenty twenty election, how, how many impeachments? I mean, my golly, they had enough. Enough was enough, right? They they just put it all out there, right? That a lot of emotion that day, wasn't there? You know, yeah, I mean, you know, conservatives see how grossly unfair the media, the the. And, mm-hmm. and our institutions treat us. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's, it's not a level playing field. It's not mm-hmm. fair. Yeah. And, and that increases the level of passion. It Let me get a quick, quick opinion from you on Steve Bannon. I got I to gotta ask you that. Found guilty of contempt, of course, for he basically <laughs> threw his nose up and said, I'm not going to participate in your circus act, which is kind of interesting because most people just go through the exercise and then take the fifth. He didn't do that. Uh, what do you th- what do you think of that story? Well, you know, wh- where was the prosecution of Eric Holder, who was in contempt of Congress <laughs> by not turning over records on Fast and Furious? Right. You know, again, this this is the two tiered system of justice <laughs> that that also inflames the situation. I mean, conservatives realize this when when they don't prosecute very many people from the summer riots when two thousand law enforcement officers were injured, right. uh, one to two billion dollars of property damage, a couple dozen people killed. When, when the vice president of the United States had, had previously encouraged people to donate to the bail fund to bail people out, and then we have people languishing in jail without, without a trial 18 months after January 6th, people realize this is not an equal system of justice, and that's unfair, and that is going to destroy our country. Yeah, yeah. Let me talk to you about the Hunter Biden investigation. Um, Chuck Grassley and and yourself, both of you uh, senators, are, were calling on um, uh, Merrick Garland, the, uh, the attorney general, and uh, Ray, uh, the FBI director, to uh, investigate these re- revelations that Biden uh, was, uh, uh, well, we, we see, financing Hunter Biden's participation in this escort ring, a potential escort ring. I see the reports on that out there. Um, there's a lot of other smoking guns coming out. He is under investigation now, it's been said. You know, this is a very warped case. And I think we can all say with some sort of uh, confidence, this obviously leaks right to the president. Uh, And and we did a report on this this past week, Senator. If his name was Hunter Trump, this would be a whole other story and a whole other media circus about it. But it's not Hunter Trump. It's Hunter Biden. Or if it was uh, Hunter Clinton, it would be okay as well. Just depends, as you said, with this two-tiered system we have and where you fall. What do you think becomes of this Hunter Biden deal? And does do the, I assume they're going to protect the president at all costs? I mean, I think you know about as well as I know. He's probably about untouchable, even though the evidence is clearly showing his hand was pretty far in the cookie jar. Well, I think the Department of Justice has known about Hunter Biden since at least 2018. They had his computer since December 2019. The computer is a treasure trove of information. I think it probably reveals criminal activity. My concern is, is in this two-tiered system of justice, you know, the, the one for Democrats and their elite friends that would be uh, Hunter Biden. You know, my concern is they'll, you know, come up with watered-down charges, uh, indict him, do a plea deal, and part of the plea deal would be seal all the records so the American public will never. Yeah, yeah. That that's my concern. It's it's almost my prediction. I think that'd be a travesty of justice. Um, but again, that's that's what we're facing. You know, the, the left can operate this way with impunity because they have the mainstream media backing them up. They'll, they'll be happy if that happens. I mean, no, nobody will complain the media other than right wing media. Nobody complain about that unequal application of justice in the case of Hunter Biden. They'll, instead, they'll say, well, he's exonerated. <laughs> really nothing. Just like they do with Chuck Grassley in my report. Oh, nothing to see here. Right. No, no. 
no, no crimes, you know, no indictments. Well, our job wasn't to indict. Our job was to warn. And we did warn very accurately. There's nothing in our report that's been shown to be untrue, even though we were accused of disseminating uh, Russian disinformation. Right. I think you're spot on right now with what you say. And I, I, I'm, I'm sure that uh, the, the sealing of the records and no information getting out, I mean, you can almost see that that's going to happen pretty much here. Um, you know, I, I want to bring this to a head now and, and ask you about this. There's been a lot of uh, uh, destabilizing events. I've been talking a lot. With, we've actually done programs just a few days ago, Dr. McCullough and I did, on these massive destabilizing events that are happening in our country and a societal shift that has taken place, as you say, devastating would be an understatement here. Uh, on there's, uh, the, you know, people are starting to get the vibe that things are not all well in America here. You've got a re-election campaign coming up here now. Uh, you ever seen anything like this in your lifetime? And what's what's a, what's a, what's afoot here? What's happening, do you think, in, in our nation with this uh, instability? Well, it's the radical left uh, trying to uh, create some kind of utopia that's a, a total fantasy. Um, but, you know, right now, certainly in my race, it's, it's a contest between truth and lies and distortion. Um, and really kind of that, that basic, that fundamental. Um, so the, the left, you know, I, I saw a really good listing of going back to the 70s of all the fear mongering. You know, first it was global cooling, then global warming. Then, you know, I mean, the, the left just loves to create a state of fear so that they can then come in and say, we can alleviate the, this fear with big government. You know, mm -hmm. we can control your life. All you have to do is give up your freedom to us and we can, we can alleviate the fear. And the pandemic was a perfect opportunity for them. You know, that's what climate change is all about. And they just haven't been able to really implement all their plans based on climate change because people, I think rational people realize the world's not going to end in 12 years. And by the way, it was supposed to end like a couple decades ago, uh, but it still hasn't. But the pandemic gave them something that they could really cling to, create the state of fear and really control people's lives. And that's why they're not letting go. Yeah. Even it's becoming more and more obvious that the vaccines are failing, uh, that's certainly not preventing infection and transmission, yet they're still pushing the mandates, you know, masks didn't work. And now they're, you know, remask up our children. Yeah. Uh, they, they just will never admit they're wrong because the body count is way too high. They, they yeah. refuse to acknowledge vaccine injuries. Mm -hmm. uh, I just feel so sorry for people that, have, that are suffering and they can't get treatment because until the government, until the media admits that eh, maybe the vaccines did cause those injuries, they can't even get treatment. Yeah. But yeah. so it's, it's just, just like the border. This is so inhumane. What the left is oh, pushing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, the evidence is overwhelming. I, I can't begin to tell you, Senator Johnson, how many correspondents we've become COVID central here. I'm talking about Americans who reach to us and pour their hearts out. And the, the volume of uh, responses and emails we get here is uh, uh, it's uh, uh, truly amazing. And also, I, uh, it's a gift here at the network that they uh, treat us in such light. 
you know, there's an interesting piece at the top of America Out Loud later. You might want a chance to read. It's uh, it's very good. And as folks listen to this uh, Sunday morning, uh, you can see that near the top of the platform. Here is the data to prove the shots don't work. This is from Dr. Henry Ely. This is an amazing piece of uh, work here. You want to look at that later, Senator. And he says here, uh, just read, folks, experimental shots have injured at least 1.3 million people, killed at least another 29,000, killed almost 8,000 people within two days of getting the shot. And is in such low demand that 82.2 million vials have been discarded as of mid-May, according to research performed by the Children's Health Defense, that piece of it, uh, which you consider them safe. Well, no, they're not safe and effective, clearly. We've all over this story, all over the network. and uh, But there's a lot of data and points in that piece from Dr. Henry Ely uh, in the data to prove the shots don't work. Uh, they don't seem to be, be backing down here. As you just stated, they're double and tripling down on the vaccines and the mask in some cities and some markets here. Um, it is absolutely remarkable. It goes again to these destabilizing events I'm talking about, like there's almost another agenda at foot. It's almost like people are intentionally trying to tear America apart and uh, disable us from being effective here. Pretty sad state of affairs, huh? It really isn't. You know, that article, I think, was was actually just quoting data right off the Vayers report. That's you right. know, over 29,000 deaths worldwide, yeah. one primary adverse events. Yeah. yeah, but we can't. We really can't rely on U.S. data. They, they've been turning a blind eye on this. I mean, the, they've not been transparent. They've not been honest with us. We almost have to go around the world and look at other data sets from different countries. Uh, but you know, no, there, there's there are studies out there that show negative efficacy for the vaccines. I mean, I've, I've been connected to this global network of doctors, and I know you've had a lot of them on your show yeah. Yeah. that have been concerned about mass vaccination in the midst of a pandemic could drive variants. Uh, could create all kinds of potential problems, but we should have used a lot of caution here. Yeah. But we didn't use caution. It was just full speed ahead. Uh, don't do the tests that we should have done. Um, ignore the data that we should be looking at. It's 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 really been a travesty. It's uh, you know I've, I've sent I think forty two oversight letters to the agencies uh, on some aspect of COVID, the vaccines, vaccine injuries, gotten virtually no response. Well, I was going to ask you that. I seen reports you sent forty two. That's exactly uh, NIH, CDC, FDA, and they don't respond to you at all, right? You don't exist. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, we get, we get some non-responsive responses, right, but, right, right. but you know, if, if I do survive this this re-election, uh, I'll be chairman of the Permanent Subcommittee on, on Investigations if we get the majority, and I'll have the foundation laid for wow. uh, trying to expose the truth because we this is an unsustainable state of affairs. We we should have faith yeah. in our federal health agencies. And they have eroded that faith. They've yeah. eroded yeah. So I want to stir people to your site, ronjohnsonforsenate.com. And it would be, uh, I do not want to miss that opportunity to tell folks about that. And the midterms here in, in, 20, in 2022, very important race here for Senate. And again, you're in the perfect position in that chair seat to be able to turn the table on some of these things. Uh, you're looking forward to this uh, to this uh, election uh, and then hopefully victory behind that, I hope. Well, you know, Malcolm, it's not fun having being lied about continuously. You know, my, my integrity means everything to me Amen. and I've maintained it. But then you have people distort what you say, lie about you. It's not particularly fun. They've already spent forty six million dollars trying to destroy me politically, you know, attacking my integrity. Forty six million dollars. And I don't even have an opponent yet, Malcolm, except I have the worst opponent. Opponent, the, the mainstream media has been trying to take me out for the last two years. Yeah. So, listen, I, I do need help. Ron Johnson for Senate.com. 
uh, you need money to counter all the lies, all the distortions. So if people want me to be there to keep investigating a host of re- issues, uh, ronjohnsforsenate.com. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably what's making the, the, the left ear nervous because you're in that position as chair uh, the, and would become chair, rather. And um, uh, they know what's going to happen here. They know those floodgates are going to open. It's probably what's making them very nervous, don't you think? Well, that and they just want power. You know, yeah. they, they look at this as always going to be tight race in Wisconsin. We're an evenly divided state. And so this is a good opportunity for them to maintain their power. And that's all they care about, really. I mean, that is their that is the prime directive for Democrats. They just want power. Yeah, well, I can't argue with you there, uh, my fellow American here. Um, Senator Ron Johnson, thank you for joining us on Viewpoint on America Out Loud Talk Radio. It is always a privilege to get your perspective on things. And thank you. God bless you. Stay well. A tremendous thank you to Senator Ron Johnson. And my fellow Americans, this is the month to make a move if you haven't done it already and to secure the Genesis Fogger. Uh, It's an amazing product uh, because the Fogger puts a dry mist in the air that kills SARS-CoV-2, viruses, superbugs, disease, all kinds of things, pathogens that are in that environment. But yet HOCL is the product in there and 100% hypoallergenic, 100% non-toxic, safe to use around the kids, the pets, the plants. You can even wash your fruits and vegetables with it. It's an amazing product, HOCL. Goes into the fogger and puts a dry mist that kills all of those problems, those pathogens. Uh, Our listeners get 15% off that product right now. Uh, Just go to genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud or as always the banner ads are back at americaoutloud.com you'll see our strategic partners right there but here's the cool news a, a, a part of the proceeds here of all of these sales through the company through genesis hocl is going to simone gold uh, to help her with her legal funds as you know she was on the front line the front line doctors and has been sentenced um for uh, it's being called selective prosecution, but 60 days in in, in prison. And uh, there's a, an outcry to help and support this amazing patriot that this is how you can do it through the Genesis HOCL. And those proceeds, 10% of those proceeds will go to assist her in that fund. Also, don't forget Healthy Cell this month only right now, July. Use the code America50. You get 50% off. 50% off half price right now to celebrate our Independence Day on Immune Super Boost. It's a great product, Immune Super Boost. I take it all the time, every day. Uh, vitamin C, vitamin D3, zinc, echinacea extract, elderberry extract. Uh, so use the code America50, get 50% off. And those banner ads, again, for strategic partners are all back at americaroutloud.com. Coming up next now, Dr. Peter Bregan joins me, and we'll talk about this break-in story with the World Health Organization, who declare a monkeypox a global health emergency. What does that mean exactly? Is it a power grab? We'll talk about all that. And then this fascinating three-part series, uh, Mass Hypnosis Expert or Trojan Horse. Uh, This dives into all of these terms, mass formation, group hypnosis, mass psychosis that you heard about. And it's an important, we talk about these in a post-COVID world, what happened through all of this COVID thing that so many people let us down? Uh, this is going to be a great conversation coming up with Dr. Peter Bregan. Uh, we'll do that in just a moment. Stay right there. More Viewpoint in just a moment. People often ask me, Malcolm, how do we fight the corruption? 
Robert Frost has said it best, freedom lies in being bold. Well, for six incredible years, bold is America out loud. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the pulvinone iodine-based nasal spray Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD. There have been a myriad of terms we've heard out in the media world about this uh, this episode uh, that we've all gone through of COVID-19 and how it's reshaped the world and changed the world. And many would argue not for the better, uh, for sure. But you know, it, there's always an accountant that has to happen after these things, it, kind of in a post-COVID world. And it's an accountant of what took place, uh, how did it happen, and who's responsible for X, Y, or Z. Well, there's a lot of responsibility here to talk about here. Some of the terms you've heard prior, mass formation, uh, uh, you've heard uh, this mass hypnosis or group hypnosis, mass psychosis, that's another one, mass hysteria, uh, brainwashing, or just plain lunacy. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of terms that you've heard out there as far as, and a lot of this is because it's been very challenging to connect the dots to really understand what's going on. Things have been so out there. Uh, it is a like a feature film at the drive-in theater we seen uh, you know, 30 years ago, right? Like, uh, this really isn't happening here. Uh, welcome back again, my fellow Americans, to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is Malcolm Out Loud here. As always, a privilege to be with you. Um, what a terrific conversations and shows today. And we're going to continue that theme and bring on here, Dr. Peter Bregan will join us. And uh, he is, uh, let's start first with, he's a psychiatrist. I want you to remember that. He's a psychotherapist, so once you remember that. Uh, so this is a man who has, that's his career. It's what, he, it's what he's done. And he's had a lifelong, uh, really, career about this and really and really has emphasized the dangers of brainwashing, actually. He's, he's written papers on it and well-versed in all of this stuff. He and uh, Dr. Bregan and his wife, Ginger Bregan, wrote that book, which you know has become quite a book, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey. Uh, it is available on Amazon, bookstore sellers everywhere, and it is indeed in the America Out Loud bookstore. Okay, Dr. Peter Bregan, let's bring you right on to the program here, and welcome to Viewpoint this Sunday. Always a privilege to have you. Yeah. Malcolm, it's uh, very great to be here, and um, we have breaking news. Yeah, let's go there first. Before we get into this other thing, I'll definitely talk about this news. It just happened yesterday, as we're now uh, listening to Viewpoint this Sunday. It's a major piece of uh, information, and that is the World Health Organization, uh, who, uh, who, well, who, right? They declared monkeypox a global health emergency. Uh, Dr. Bregan, what does this actually mean to folks? Well, we don't know what it's going to mean. Um, to, to begin with, I think what's important is the power grabbing by Tedros, because we've been talking about that in terms of the U.S. trying to 
to get um, amendments passed that would make him the dictator of global health. And that failed thanks to many of us uh, really piling on. Now we're waiting to see if uh, Joe Biden will sign a, an agreement or a treaty. He could bypass the Senate with a, calling it an agreement, uh, giving uh, him dictatorial powers, Tedros. Well, Tedros just took power into his own hands. The committee, they have an emergency committee and it could not reach a consensus that this was an emergency, this monkeypox. So Tedros goes from the committee saying we can't reach a, connect, a consensus for him saying that this is a high alert, actually, a big alert. And he doesn't give any reasons. He says it's spreading rapidly. So what? So, so all, all of these infections do. And, um, you know, he's not sure about modes of transmission. There's a couple of numbers here, uh, Dr. Bregan, will share with folks. They report there's about 16,000 cases uh, worldwide uh, from 75 countries. And also, there's been uh, only been five deaths from this, by the way. Uh, this is not the kind of thing. All, that all in Africa, die. Malcolm, all the deaths are in Af Africa, where people are getting it more likely directly from the animals being bitten by uh, an animal that that's giving it. We have no deaths outside of Africa. Right. Probably maybe rabbit animals, that sort of thing. But you're right. The, the, Cause normally pox is a, something that is treatable and you're going to live. We, a lot of us have had it as kids. In fact, there's a version of pox, you know, uh, the chicken box. Well, it, it absolutely is. Yep. And, uh, you know, you get fever, you get blisters, you're going to have pain for it, but it's considered mild. And it generally you recover with no treatment. Right. So right. this, there's no right. reason to, to call this uh, an extreme. All right, so bottom, bottom line. So as I want to get over to the other story, but bottom line, a lot of us suspected this was going to happen with the World Health Organization. Now, recently, Biden was just about giving them the keys to the car and gas in the car. I'm talking about the World Health Organization. And that was a big thing, which you're right. We did push back on. We had a movement and a mission here. We worked with you on America Out Loud to get those stories out there. Uh, you've been in the front of all of that. And now we see, Tedros, this is a bit of a power grab. Considering what you said a moment ago, the emergency committee, they did. They could not come to a consensus that this was. A, and the reason I'm guessing, Dr. Bregan, they couldn't come to a consensus is because when you look at the numbers and you look at all the things we're dealing with the world, this just does not pair up in my mind. You tell me, you know more than I, but I mean, I, it doesn't appear to pair up to be that sort of a global emergency, which is going to create a global pandemic catastrophe. Well, not even close to the flu, which actually kills people, right. uh, sometimes children and sometimes uh, older people. No, it, it isn't a catastrophe. It's not le not being lethal to the people who are getting it zero outside of Africa. Um, no, it, it's a power grab. Remember the whole story uh, from from Gates since uh, 2010, when he declared the decade of the vaccines, is vaccines money, power vaccines. So you're money, thinking power. this could be this could be the uh, the appetizer uh, for because we've been reporting and talking about it. This could be the the early appetizer for something more grandiose that who is up to because we know they're on a move to really control all things health on all nations around the world. Oh. They really are a global empire, right? That's right. And right now, for example, he cannot tell the U.S what to do about this. He can't uh, organize uh, 
that the World Health Organization and organize the UN and organize the World Bank and get in touch with other groups that have to do with international travel. He can't do anything to affect us at all without cooperation. But if they can pass those uh, amendments the next time around, next right. May or an emergency meeting, or if they sign a treaty overnight, he will have the power to go after any country that he suspects. Right. It's so loosely written. Suspects. And that's the danger in all of this. And that's something we've been talking about, reporting about. Yes. And luckily, it was defeated last time. It didn't happen when they met just uh, recently here. But you're right. You're, there's a lot of things they could do to pull that lever and may, and grab the power. It's a power grab. It's a total, total power grab is what it is. And of course, right. with an administration like Biden, who is willing to just lie down on the train tracks as the train is coming down the tracks. Uh, he's a globalist. They're all globalists. Uh, they're looking for a one world government. Kumbaya holds your hand and jump off the bridge uh, sort of feeling. So, I mean, we're sort of sitting ducks right now um, and we'll see. But I mean, anything could happen right now, right? Well, yes. I mean, who is really the spearhead? They were, did such a good job during COVID-19 yeah. covering up for the communists in China and for pushing Bill Gates' agenda. And uh, those are two of their big supporters, uh, Bill Gates and uh, then Klaus Schwab and, uh, yeah. and Chinese communists. So, I mean, you just got all these global. Well, monsters. they covered up with they covered up with Xi Jinping in China with the whole spread of this thing around the world. They covered that absolutely. whole thing up. These absolutely. I mean, everything that took place there was so wrong. So, all right, let's move over now to talk about. All right. First of all, this next piece of the story is is really a wow. And uh, all right. Let me tell you first, there's a three part series. If you've been following on the platform Friday, Saturday and Sunday today, as you listen to this viewpoint this Sunday. And of course, if you're on podcast during the week and a lot of you do listen after that, all three of these parts will you'll be able to read them uh, back at America Out Loud. So it's a three part series, mass hypnosis expert or Trojan horse. Uh, we're talking about Matthias Desmet. We'll talk about this in a moment here, but it's a three-part series, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So uh, if you've read the first two parts, if you're here on this Sunday morning, you'll be able to see right on the front page. And later today, that uh, third part is being published on the network, and it's entitled Matthias Desmet Blames the Victims and Absolves the Perpetrators. Uh, again, very fascinating. And this is the work of Dr. Peter Bregan and Ginger Bregan. And it is a lot of work. It's an incredible series and just makes you think about all this, puts it in context that allows all of us to think about a little bit more. Uh, let's talk about this, uh, this. These terms now, a lot of people don't know who Matthias Desmet is, number one. And these terms, mass formation, hypnosis, psychosis, hysteria, were the concepts he started promoting first in Europe and then took off in America here. And we started talking about them some time ago, but they've come up in a lot of conversations I've had with Dr. McCullough. Uh, Malone has talked about them. Others have talked about them in the country. Uh, give folks a sense of, in summary, who this cat is and, and why these terms are important, Dr. Bregan. Well, he's a kind of a big nobody. He's a, a psychoanalyst, Seems to have a private practice. He's got a, a master's degree in math, I think. And um, he, he's from the Freudian school, which is uh, really laughable when it comes to uh, uh, trying to relate to, uh, their theories to actual human beings. They're more Freud's fantasies about what life is about. 
but he just grabbed the Europeans and then the Americans with his sympathetic uh, discussions of the poor suffering that was going on, very legitimately picking up on some of the suffering that was going on um, uh, under COVID-19. And uh, I've read his interviews and people missed, I'm not going to mention names, but people I respect enormously while interviewing him missed his sidebar, which was there are no conspiracies, there are no ill intentions being directed at humanity. This is a catastrophic concept which just lays everybody open to to attack. Uh, there's no Pearl Harbor, there's no Hitler, and so on and so forth. And he actually talks even, he even dismisses Hitler in a way in the book, which is kind of very, very bizarre. It's almost as he's called and all these coincidences, uh, what you just lay out there, it's almost a coincidental uh, a point that he's bringing up, which is very strange. But this, this whole thing, how he, it's about a victim-victor. It's, it's a victim-victor mentality. He's saying that uh, the authorities and the officials and those in the medical community and those and others in high uh, government positions uh, and a lot of these agencies, that they're not responsible. They had nothing to do with this, including the media as well, he calls out. And he really calls it with the fact that people bought this all on themselves. Is that the premise? Well, yes, the premise is quite bizarre. It, it, the premise is that there's a mass formation, which is just his words, by which he tends to mean a mass hypnosis or the madness of crowds, which he relies on a lot. A very fine old book from the 19, 1895 about the madness of crowds. So he's relying on some sort of group phenomena. But groups have been outlawed during COVID-19. When he's finishing his book back in November, say, of 2020, um, and getting it, you know, trying to get it to the press, and now it's published, there weren't any groups in the U.S. in particular. Uh, we didn't have uh, the, the uh, Canadians uh, yet uh, uh, when he was doing most of his book uh, in, in groups or the day or the uh, people in Holland, it's an absurd. He's taking the madness of groups, which is a craziness when in fact, what people are suffering from around the world is isolation. Mm -hmm. So what you need to look at, not the psych psychology of masses, the very word, but the psychology of people who are being isolated segregated off from other people and being abused by totalitarianism. So if you want to understand why people are passive, why people feel helpless, right. why they're terrified, it's because they're being made that way. He even who's rejects- making, Who's making them that way? Who? who? Well, this the, the whole point of our book, COVID-19, The Global Predators, is that for at least 10 years, very seriously- Bill Gates, working with Klaus Schwab, working with a number of big uh, trusts, working with the big drug companies, working with the United Nations, working closely with them since at least 2011, working closely with the World Health Organization, working closely with Communist China, who's given Bill Gates two awards as a friend to China. It's all in the book. Um, they have been waiting to engorge their power, certainly for China, it's the power, the communists, and their wealth with the coming, uh, with the coming pandemic. And they knew they could have a pandemic because they knew they were making SARS-CoV viruses 
in U.S. and Chinese labs and that there was a collaboration going on there financed by by Fauci, who was working with them 10 years ago. Well, now 12 years ago. So this guy fits into Mm -hmm. that whole pattern because what he's saying is no conspiracies. There's no authorities to blame. Um, This is this is the human beings who pass on to each other in mysterious ways. He literally gets into like pseudo spiritual stuff that these these human beings end up upsetting themselves. Now he's, this is nuts. Cause he actually quotes Anna Harrant, Anna Harrant, who's a, Anna, <laughs> Hannah Arendt, who, who wrote this, the banality of evil. Who's a, like me, Jewish. She's a self-hating Jew. She, she hates Israel. She says that uh, he has a quote from her that Hitler was, you know, not this violent uh, power seeking person. He's a virtual creation of the people. of the masses. Hannah Arendt believed this. All of this absolves people in power. It's a capitulation. But there's a worse uh, uh, thing about this that that really could happen, which is by, well, then finally, and this is what, what the intellectuals have missed because he never said this until the book came out. In the book, it's kind of a bait and switch because now he goes after the intellectuals and he says, if... The people who are, and this is you and me and everybody else who's thinking, the people who are looking for causes, deep causes that involve conspiracies of people making plans together, and they always make plans together, for God's sakes, um, then it's because you are intensely anxious, you are um, confused and despairing, and you're making an excuse for yourself so you don't have to face yourself. Instead, you're thinking about people who are attacking you. Uh, Klaus Schwab says the same thing. He right. says human beings are ruining the planet. we got to face ourselves. Well, let it's me ask the- you this. Yeah. Uh, I wondered if COVID-19 was happening with the lockdowns. It was a bit surreal. It was a surreal moment uh, for about everybody that was experiencing, like I used to say, locking down the dog park and taking off the basketball hoops and communities and uh, uh, forcing people to stay in their homes and all of that, wear masks, vaccines, all of that. And I wondered at the time when and if and when people would push back. Now, we didn't see a lot of pushback. There was a little bit, but not a lot. The vast majority of the population went along with it. Why do you think all of those people went along with the authorities? Well, I think in part because they grabbed the medical profession, terrified the doctors. Mm -hmm. And so every family doctor and pediatrician, except for the very brave people, like our mutual friend, Peter McCullough, uh, caved in. And um, as a physician, you know, I hate to say it, but when Hitler came to power, the psychiatrists like me and the physicians in general, particularly the psychiatrists, were the largest percentage representation in the Nazi party. Let me ask group. you, do you think the medical community ever comes back to, I mean, th- this has been a big hit to the medical community. There's such a divide in there, even as I speak here. Do you think it ever uh, reconciles itself and comes, I mean, there's been a lot of damage is what I'm saying. Does it ever get to the other side of this thing, the, the medical community as a whole? 
<clears throat> Only if we have a real revival, revival of American patriotism, the Judeo-Christian principles, I think a belief in God's critical to stand up to the globalists, mm -hmm. because most people don't have that kind of courage or strength without understanding there is a higher power in this world than globalists. Mm -hmm. Unless we can build alternative institutions and really change the culture, take over the culture the way the progressives who are their leadership is totally globalist, progressive yeah. and globalist. Unfortunately, the capitalists are globalist, too. But the enforcers are the progressives. All right. And unless we can get past this and build, starting with our well, big deal coming November elections, yeah. uh, we're going to go down the tubes. I've often asked about, uh, will there ever be any accountability, Dr. Bregan, through all of this, uh, you know, in a post-COVID world, in other words, when we get there? Because, and, and I'll say that not to be a smart guy or anything, but I mean, there were a lot of irregularities through this whole thing. And there was a lot of misgivings and there was a lot of bad information and people were being paid off to do things. Uh, money was a culprit. You're right. Power, greed, absolutely played throughout the COVID world. The entire health field uh, communities laid down on the job yes. uh, and they were paid off these bastards. Uh, money was flowing through the government, was just printing up more money. In the meantime, we got inflation going through the, the skyrocket into another planet. And uh, they're just throwing money around. Yeah, if you put COVID on there, you'll, we'll give you more money. You say the guy died with COVID, doesn't matter what else. Just put the thing in that. Yeah, we'll give you, we'll send you a boatload of money. I mean, this thing was set up from the beginning. Yes. So when this dude comes out and says, well, you know, these people were just dreaming this shit up. I mean, how can you say that? And, and you, you say in your writings, by the way, here, uh, not only uh, does he psychologize individuals who examine the causes for disastrous COVID-19 policies and practices, but he also puts entire societies on the couch by saying <laughs> this, and I quote, something caused society to collectively continue re reacting in the same frantic way as if it were acting out of a present psychological need. Wow. Yeah, when they're being bamboozled by, 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 oh my God, there was so many people leaning on society, so many organizations threatening, you know, if you don't get the jabs, you're evil, you're going to be the cause of the deaths of millions of people, you got to get your this and then you got to get your boosters and oh yeah, we promised you we this is all you need, but you got to get some more. It's terrorizing, it's, it's yeah. confusing. This three-part series is, I, I will tell you, I've read a lot of things in my life here. And it is a phenomenal series, and I've shared that with Dr. Bregan and, and Ginger Bregan. It is so well done, and he draws it out in such a beautiful way as he puts the argument out there as they do that, this series. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you're listening to Viewpoint this Sunday, you'll see the uh, third conclusive part of this later today on the network there in America Out Loud. Look for that. The whole series is called Mass Hypnosis Expert or Trojan Horse. And this is referring to the Matthias Desmet. Uh, but there's a three-part uh, series there. Now, we'll have all of that out. And by the way, that's up on the top left side of the uh, website. So you'll see that right on the homepage there, friends, as well. All right. The book again from Dr. Peter Bregan and Ginger Bregan is COVID-19 and the Global Predators. We are the prey. Obviously, that is a part of this story because they lay all the evidence in there. So if you don't have a book, haven't read the book, go get the book, read the book. 
That's all the time we have. You know, we fit as much in as we can into this hour broadcast, and it is an amazing broadcast and really appreciate uh, uh, all of our uh, expertise here on the platform. Uh, thank you for joining us here, my fellow Americans, and to our friends around the globe here and being on the mission. It's time to get involved and get loud, America. <laughs>